and get started. Um, so, moms, did everybody get breakfast in bed this morning? Why is there laughing? <laughs> you notice I'm saying that before Carla's in here. So, we still got the rest of the day. We're good. We're good. Um, any prayer request? Praises? Yes, Pastor Dan. Okay. Saturday morning. And he had uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, so it, it was, yeah, so a lot of prayer there. I will say Pastor Andy, was it not last two weekends ago you guys went and visited, and so you were able to visit and things like that. But yeah, definitely prayer for the family. I think um, Pastor Andy's uh, dad obviously was struggling quite a bit. You know, they knew it was coming, and and uh, I, I, honestly, I would have loved to meet his grandfather because um, he seemed like he was a tough guy. Uh, I think Pastor Andy said at one point, um, he made a comment like, well, they say I'm dying, but I feel fine. Um, so he just sounds like a very, very cool guy. Um, but yeah, definitely pray for the Fitzpatrick family um, with that. Are you guys traveling for the funeral? Or? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so yeah, pray for that as well. Pray for the, them trying to figure out the, the arrangements and everything. Anything else? Any other prayers, praises? All right, let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we have this morning to come together on this Mother's Day. Um, we do just uh, praise you for all of our moms and, and the moms that are, that, are, that are here in the room um, raising um, young children, what a, um, what a huge responsibility, um, what an honor, but what a, what a praise that we have moms to take care of us and to comfort us. Um, Father, we do pray for the Fitzpatrick family. Um, this is a sad time, but also a time of rejoicing um, that um, uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick is no longer in pain and he is in glory, and we're so thankful for that. Now, Father, as we turn our, our hearts and our minds to the study of the Holy Spirit, um, please, please help us to, uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom, um, and we pray that you will help us to, to dive deep into the scriptures and, and to understand um, this, what lots of times is termed an office, um, that is, is, is kind of hard to comprehend. As, as finite human beings. So we just pray that, that you are with us in, in the few minutes that we have here to look into this, and we pray that you are honored in everything we say and do, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, I'm going to go back to what Pastor Andy said last week, and I think he was spot on when he talked about the fact that theology, um, this, this is a systematic theology, I should say, is a deep, deep, deep topic. And I want to make sure that everyone, I just want to reiterate that there is no way um, that you can understand or, or kind of take home um, everything there is to know about systematic theology. And um, I really, really urge you to, um, I think I said this last time that I, um, th that we, I don't even remember the topic that I went over, oh, bibliology, that I, I urge you to whether you see Pastor Dan or Pastor Andy, um, if you're looking for materials, I really urge you 
to really kind of take a look at this. And I think sometimes people look at systematic theology and it seems kind of scientific and well, I don't really need that. You know, I, I have faith in Jesus Christ and I, I have the Bible. And while that definitely doesn't um, usurp the Bible, it still is important. It, it adds a foundation or structure, I think, to what we believe. And, and I think it is very, very helpful. So um, I, I just hope that you don't come to these Sunday schools and think, okay, well, I've got systematic theology. I'm good to go. Because you, it just, you can't. Um, and, and I will tell you from trying to study this and put together a class on this, it's very, very difficult because I feel like you don't even, you just glance the surface of, of everything that there is. So um, for those who just came in, there is an outline back there in front of Garrett. So if you want to grab one, um, the, the main purpose that I gave or, or an outline is number one, you can take notes. I know some of you like to take notes. Number two, that you have the scripture references in front of you. So when you go home in your quiet time, you can take a look at these. <clears throat> you can pray over these these um, uh, passages of scripture, and then you can also use maybe a cross-reference to kind of dive deeper in, into the study of the Holy Spirit. All right, without further ado, um, the, the first, we, the introduction, that's the introduction. Holy Spirit is distinct, and I think it's very important that we draw a clear distinction on who the Holy Spirit is. And Pastor Andy did talk about this last week as far as the Trinity, the three persons of the Trinity of the Godhead are distinct, but they are one. And, and I think he commented on the fact that that is very, very difficult to understand. Um, but they, they are distinct, but they make up the Godhead. So when we think of the Holy Spirit, lots of times we think, you know, we hear the, the spirit of man, Okay, and it's kind of one, you know, the man and the spirit of man is kind of, you know, who you are and things like that. That is not who the Holy Spirit is. Um, and to, to reiterate, I think what Pastor Andy said last week, the Father's not the Son, the Son's not the Father, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not the Father. The Holy Spirit is not just this, um, I guess I'll say the, the spirit or, or inspiration of God. The Spirit is a distinct person, and I, I really focus on this idea of personhood of the Spirit. And the first scripture reference you have there is John 14, 26, and I'll read that real quick for us. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and being to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this is Jesus speaking. And he refers to the Holy Spirit as he, the helper. Okay, so it's really important to, um, uh, uh, to focus on. Also, you'll see Romans 8.27. And Paul has for us in Romans there. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So if we look at that, first of all, we have a reference to he, once again. So it is a person, okay? The writers, Paul, Jesus would not speak about the Holy Spirit as, as he, if it was just this kind of, um, I, I don't know, just this, this spirit, this gray area. No, it is a distinct person. But specifically the Romans passage there, I think it's very helpful 
because he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So there is a, there is a uh, um, again, a delineation there between who the Spirit is and God. There, there's a searching out of God. And he's talking, Paul's talking about two different people, God the Father and the Spirit. So, so that helps us to kind of see there that Paul and Jesus are, are separating the two there. So the next bullet point there that you have is, and I already spoke about this, the Spirit is not just simply the power of God. Um, the name uh, on, on bullet point one there. So the name counselor um, or comforter, you may have heard Pastor Dan talk about it before. The Greek is, is paraclete or parakletos. Um, it's, it is a term that's commonly attributed to a person, okay? So, again, the Holy Spirit is a counselor, is a comforter. It's attributed to a person. Number two, we also have personal activity. So if you want to scroll or, or uh, jot that down there, personal activities are recorded, and that's what we're going to look at, those next A, B, and C. So these are personal activities of the Holy Spirit. So the first one, number A, is teaching. And in John 14, 26, um, the, the scripture that we already looked up, um, up, up above, he talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit will teach us, will teach you. Again, that is attributed to people, to, to individuals. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Um. B, the Holy Spirit bears witness or bearing witness. You have John 15, 26 and Romans 8, 16. And in John 15, 26, talks about that he will bear witness. Again, he will bear witness about God. And in Romans, talks about the Spirit himself will bear witness Okay, we just keep seeing this over and over again. He himself are doing these things that are attributed to individuals or, 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 or um, people. And then C is searching the depths of God. And 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So we have the, these indicatives. We have this action being taken place by the Spirit. And, and some of this may seem, again, kind of mundane. But as we start to look at the fact that the Holy Spirit is working, and when we look at the office, um, like I said in my prayer, lots of times I've, I've seen it referred to as the office of the Holy Spirit. What is the position of the Holy Spirit? And I really liked um, this, this um, reference that I found as I was studying the office of the Holy Spirit, they likened it to he is the executive of the Godhead. So to dive into that a little bit further, if you've worked for a company where you have a chief executive officer, a CEO, lots of times you have a board that the executive reports to. Okay, so again, don't think of the executive as the boss, okay, because that would not be appropriate. We don't, we, don't, um, we don't pray to just 
the Holy Spirit, but the executive goes out and runs the company, reports back to the board. Lots of times there's a chief operating officer and things like that. But it, at least in my mind, that is kind of helpful because the board or, or usually calls the shots, ultimately calls the shots for the company. But you have the executive out there doing the day-to-day -day thing, okay? And I think that's helpful as we look at the Holy Spirit. Um, when we think about, how many of you pray to the Holy Spirit? How many of you would be honest to say you pray to the Holy Spirit? I, I'll raise my hand and say, I, I don't, this spirit was very, or this spirit, th this study was very, very helpful for me um, because I, I don't know that I looked at the Holy Spirit this way, um, that, you know, we, we, we pray to, to, to God the Father, we pray to um, God the Son, Jesus, we look at the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, but when we start thinking about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the chief executive, he is the one doing the work of God day in and day out, I think that is a huge, again, when we look at comforter, counselor, what a comfort that is. To, to know, I mean, obviously, um, we talk about God is so big, and I think Pastor Andy may have talked about this, that he's so big that he, there, there's no space that um, God doesn't fill. I mean, God is here. He is all present everywhere, all of the time. And that is obviously comforting. But when you look at the same time that the Holy Spirit is working, and, and we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper here, but kind of let that sink into your mind a little bit, into your heart, that the, that the Holy Spirit searches God. He, he is the executive. He is working every day in our lives. I think that is an extreme comfort, and it is, it is at least for me. So the work of the Holy Spirit, what, what is this work? And... Um, You'll see there under that, that uh, heading, the work of the Holy Spirit. I've got Old Testament, New Testament, and the current age. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, we see this through, I don't know if you've ever heard the term theophanies, or they were, um, they, they were physical manis, manifestations of God. And, and we saw that uh, through the burning bush. We saw that the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, and things like that. That is the way that the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Testament. We had these theophanies that were, that were happening. What about in the New Testament? Anyone, anybody want to take a stab on how the Holy Spirit was manifest in the New Testament? What's that? The dove. Uh, yeah, go, go a little bit deeper on that. Anybody want to? So she says the dove. And she, you're correct. I mean, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus. Anybody else? Any comment? Throw something out there? So the Holy Spirit was manifested through Jesus, right? Through Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, to your point, descended on Jesus. And um, it, it, a lot of uh, different commentaries and things that you read, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus without um, limitation. He was totally full of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the New Testament through Christ. We see Christ acting, bringing people back to life, um, casting out demons, all of these things. That is how the Holy Spirit worked 
in the New Testament. Because as you, as you look, as you think about the, the, just the scripture that you know off the top of your head, we really don't have, we, we have the Holy Spirit descending on Christ, and we have that the Holy Spirit, um, you know, during um, uh, the, the early church, we, we see that during Pentecost. How did the Holy Spirit manifest itself? What's that? Yeah, the, yeah, the tongues of fire, the, the wind, and, and we have things like that happening. But, but the main part that we see there is Jesus Christ. Is, is That's how the Holy Spirit manifests itself. Can someone look up John 15 and read verses 5 through 15? John 15, verses 5 through 15. When you get it, or when you have it, go ahead. Awesome, thank you. So when we look at the current age, the Holy Spirit now is working in our world, in our society, through the Holy Spirit. How? We, we just read that passage. How is the Holy Spirit working currently in the current age? We don't have Jesus here. Last time I checked, we don't, we don't have pillars of fire. We don't have pillars of cloud. We don't have burning bushes. That would be very cool, but we don't have those things. So how is the Holy Spirit, if he's the chief executive, if, if he is working right now, how is that happening in our current age? Hmm? Through the believers. And how is he working through the believers? Yeah. So, so that's, that's where we're loving one another. And we're going to dive deeper here in, in just a few moments. But, but working through the church, working through fellow believers, the Holy Spirit is working right now. And, and, and I think that's why it's so important when we look at the Great Commission, when we look at the gospel, when we look at what we do through different ministries, we are... Man, uh, no, I don't want to say we are manifesting. We are showing 
the world. We are, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, through this love. Because did, did we conjure up this love on our own? Do, do we bring this? Do we just think, wow, that was an amazing sermon that Pastor Dan thought. I just feel, I just feel like I'm a loving person now. I mean, what are we? What are we prior to being saved, prior to being filled with the Holy Spirit? We, we are dead, right? We, we are dead. We, we can do nothing. And that, that's, that's where we start out. That, that's the baseline for, for broken uh, human beings. And then the Holy Spirit works, right? The Holy Spirit changes us. The Holy Spirit sees us. And then we see this passage here where we show love. Um, we, we show in First John, John loves to talk about this, th- this idea of what is love? God is love. And if you don't love, you don't know God. And, and there's just the circle of life, if you will. Love does not come from us. Our world has such a skewed idea of what love is. Okay, it is not true love. True love is from God that he sent the son to die for us. That's what true love is. Okay, moving on. Sorry. I got off track here. So four aspects of the Holy Spirit. Number one, and I'll go slow. The Holy Spirit empowers, number one. And we'll dive deeper. I'll break these down for you. Number two, the Holy Spirit purifies. Number three, the Holy Spirit reveals. And number four, the Holy Spirit unifies. Okay, so number one, Holy Spirit empowers. Number two, he purifies. Number three, he reveals. And number four, he unifies. So the first one, Holy Spirit empowers. He gives life. Someone want to look up Psalm 104, 30, and somebody else look up Job 34, Job 34, 14, and 15. When you have Psalm 104, go ahead. Come on, Dave, I know you've got Logos 9 going on back, up there, back there. I looked over his shoulder the other day. He's got the Greek up alongside the, the passage. I'm like, man, I'll tell you what. Does somebody have Psalm 104? So when you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So the Holy Spirit gives life. Okay, and I'm sorry, I think I'm, uh, yeah, I've got that there. He gives life. So again, if you keep this idea in your mind that he is the executive, he's doing the work. So in Psalm 104, when you, God, send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. And we kind of see this in, in Genesis, right? The first part of Genesis, what was the Holy Spirit doing? Hovering over the face of the water, okay? You, you, in my mind, you kind of have this idea that, that the Spirit is there kind of starting to 
um, uh, fence in, starting to add structure to this vast nothingness, okay? So you have the Spirit hovering there. And in Psalm 104, the Holy Spirit is, is, um, he, he is he's creating things. He is, he is causing life. But on the other side, to, to kind of get the other, um, the end of life, if you will, who has Job 34? Anybody have that? Yeah, go ahead. So think about that for a second. I mean, we, we imagine Job is going to say something like this. Job is not in a good place right now, right? Job is, is, is fully coming to the terms of the power of God and all of the things that have happened to Job. But think about this for a second. If God should set his heart to it and gather to himself his spirit, so if he calls his spirit back, all flesh would perish and everything would return to dust. When, when you look at the Godhead, when you look at the power of God, the sovereignty of God, the fact that what Job is saying to us here is all God has to do is call back his spirit and we're done. There's no living thing. So what then does the, um, the other side of that mean? I mean, what is the Holy Spirit doing in our world right now? If, if God pulls back, if he were to pull back the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit doing right now? Hmm? I mean, keeping us alive, this is a moment by moment by second by second thing, you know? And again, I don't think, I'll just speak for myself, I don't think that, that we on a regular basis think in those terms, you know, because what, what are we often trying to do? We're trying to keep ourselves healthy. We're trying to maybe diet or exercise or do all of these things to extend our life and, and so on and so forth. And by no means am I saying that we should not be doing those things. But can we, re, can we rely on ourselves to, for, for our health, for our well-being, for our length of life? I mean, we know that the Bible says that our days are determined, right? They're, they're already spelled out. We can't add one moment extra to our lives. But then when we take that a step further and realize that the Holy Spirit is maintaining us, every breath that we take, the Holy Spirit is acting. I, it, it just adds a whole new level to, um, uh, to, to, to how we conduct ourselves day in and day out. When we come to church, when we're dealing with those in our lives, the fact that we bring nothing, no matter how in shape you are, it's the Holy Spirit that sustains us. All right, the next bullet point that we have there. He gives power for service. Um, if you can, real quickly, uh, somebody go to num Numbers 27, 18. And somebody else, Deuteronomy 34, 9. I like to get, have you guys looking this up as well. Numbers 27, 18, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Who has numbers? So, what was Joshua filled with? 
the Spirit. All right, he, he is, we, we see this time and time again. Who has Deuteronomy? So again, Joshua is referred to as being full of the Spirit, being set up for leadership. Have, has anybody ever been asked or um, been in a position to lead or, or, do, or, or you know, head something up? How many of you like to be put in those positions? Yeah, I, I, would, I would hazard to say probably even Pastor Dan and Pastor Andy. It, it, is a, it is a daunting thing. But when we consider these things, especially when it comes to different ministries, do we have to rely on ourselves? Do you have to rely on yourself for, um, for, for knowing all of the right things to say or, or knowing Scripture inside and out? No, the, the Holy Spirit will, will work through you and will give you wisdom to do these things. And, and we have the same thing. I'm not going to spend time because we're, we're already short on time. But in 1 Samuel, the Spirit of God rushed up on Saul and he went to battle. Now, you have these things and, and that's a whole different topic of whether Saul was a member of the elect, he was saved and things like that. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit rushed on Saul, and Saul went to work. He went to battle. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, the Spirit rushed up on David, and he fulfilled God's sovereign plan for becoming the king of Israel. Right? The, 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 who's Jesus? The son of David. Right? So it was the Holy Spirit. David just wasn't born this really, really smart guy that, that just knew how to conduct himself. No, the Holy Spirit empowered him to do these things. Okay, and, and the Holy Spirit decides who he's going to use. So don't let that get in the way of doing God's work because the Holy Spirit will do it in you. He will do it for you. When Pastor Dan and Pastor Andy or whoever gets up here to preach, the Holy Spirit works. The, the Holy Spirit will bring to fulfillment his word. Okay, again, th keep thinking of that chief executive. He is working through men to accomplish his will. All right, New Testament. I've got several um, scripture references there, and we already talked about this a little bit, but we, these scripture references refer to the empowering or anointing of Jesus. So the, the, the Spirit descended on Christ, and then the, you know, the next thing that we see there after that, um, after Christ's baptism, he's driven out into the wilderness, and he has this conflict with, with the devil. All right, with Satan. So you can look up those later, but those are what those scripture references refer to. Sorry, I'm getting away. I hope, I hope I'm not throwing you off. Um, Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, and John 1 are all referring to that. Romans 15. All right. The Holy Spirit empowered the apostles as they proclaimed the gospel. We are told that Stephen um, was chosen as an apostle because he was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about the fact that he speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the Romans 15 verse, Romans 15, 18 through 19. Paul's one of my heroes. Um, I, you know, when you look at Romans, when you look at Ephesians and some of these books, Paul, um, well, Paul brought the gospel to the Gentiles, right? 
So that's one reason he could be a hero. But Paul, I love that Paul talks about the fact that, it, 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 kind of off topic, but the fact that the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do, and vice versa. That's me every day. Okay, so Paul, being the great mind, I mean, he wrote Romans. And he says that he speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit. He knows. I mean, he saw Christ, right? On the road to Damascus, he was confronted with Christ, but he doesn't rest on that. He doesn't, well, I've seen Jesus. Everybody needs to listen to me. No, he understands that he is working through the Holy Spirit. All right, next main point. The Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit purifies. So as the Holy Spirit works in our world today, there is a restraining power. There's a restraining influence in our world today, even for unbelievers. Okay, so, so God is, is, I think it was uh, maybe Pastor Andy, I may have talked about it, general revelation, right? Does, does anybody remember what general revelation is? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Yes. So everything around us, the rising of the, the sun, the setting of this, all of these things declares God. There is a restraining um, power in our world today through the Spirit for all people. And that's one thing as we look at Revelation, as we look at the end of times, that will be removed. After um, every, all, all, of the, um, all of the believers are taken up to heaven, the Holy Spirit is removed. So if we look at the way the world is today, and the Holy Spirit is a restraining power, how bad will it get? Okay? So that's one thing to, to remember. The Holy Spirit's working right now. He, he, he obviously, there's, there's um, special power given to believers, right? That's how you become a believer. But so, so John 16, 7 through 11, Acts 7, 51 speaks to this fact that even for unbelievers, there is a restraining influence. got to find my place here. So 1 Corinthians 6.11, and I'm just going to hit on these. Sorry, I, I want to keep us going here, so I, I try to finish on time because I'm terrible about that. So when Christians are saved, the Holy Spirit does an initial cleaning or purification. All right, so when you are saved, you're dead. The Holy Spirit does an initial cleaning, changes your heart, so you can even accept Christ. But it doesn't stop there. And again, I hope this is comforting. It is for me. It doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, okay, Aaron Jennings, I changed your heart. You accept Christ. Now I'm going to go on to the next person. No, the Holy Spirit continues to work. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. After we're initially separated from sin... The Holy Spirit continues to cause growth, maturity as Christians. So again, that should be comforting to us. It doesn't, I don't have to rely on my mind and my ability to read the word and to comprehend the word. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand the word. The Holy Spirit works in us to, to bring God's, what, what he was speaking, helps us understand what is going on there. That work does not stop. That work continues. 
Romans 8, 14 through 17. I've, I've brought that up a couple different times. And I'll bring it up again a little bit later. But he continues, the Holy Spirit continues to sanctify believers. And I hope, brother and sister, that is a huge comfort to you. That, that we can understand. We should, we should be looking to the Holy Spirit. We should be praying to the Holy Spirit that he continues that. As we sit down to just do your daily Bible reading, can you pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help you understand what is being said to us? You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to, to think, man, I, I can never do what so-and-so, whatever teacher, whatever preacher, man, I just wish I had the, the wisdom that they have. No, because their wisdom's coming from the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that descended on Christ is helping you today. So next, the Holy Spirit reveals. I keep losing my place here. I'm afraid I'm not going to. If I skip something and I don't hi, or, or, or uh, tell you something that you need to write down there, please just stop me. Throw something at me. So the Holy Spirit reveals. So in 2 Peter 1.21, we're told that the entire Old Testament was the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit carrying the writers along. I mean, that's how all Scripture was laid out. But we see that um, uh, we're, we're told that the Old Testament, we, Peter actually speaks to that. So it was inspired by God. We know that it is God-breathed. But again, that chief executive, the Holy Spirit is doing that work. He's carrying the writers along. So again, when we look at whoever your kind of hero is in the Bible, if you have one, the Holy Spirit carried them along. It was an active, not just whispering in their ear, they carried them, the Holy Spirit carried them along so they could write down what God wanted us to know. And I, I just want to say as a side note there, if the Holy Spirit carried them along to help them to know what to write down, are there things that we are meant to not know? Did I say that right? I think so. Or works in my brain. Are there things that we, God doesn't want us to know? I think that can be a real danger point for Christians trying to fill in the blanks. Number one, can we know the mind of God? No. If God wanted us to know how, if God wanted us to know, the, I don't think we could fully understand it, but the Godhead, as an example, of election, of, of these things that are human brains that we don't understand. And lots of times is a real problem. It really trips people up. And they want to disregard the gospel. They want to disregard the Bible because in their minds, it doesn't make sense. Well, that can't be. How could God send people to hell? And, and you could go on and on about that. But if the Holy Spirit carried people along, then that tells us there are things that God doesn't want us to know. Either we can't know, he doesn't want us to know. His divine choice was to not reveal all things to us. So I think that's a, another good thing to keep it in our minds. John 16, 13. Again, we are told the New Testament apostles and others were guided into all truth by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So again, we have the inspiration of God for our scripture, for our Bibles. But again, the Holy Spirit was working, was guiding. They weren't possessed. They weren't just sitting there in some 
trance just writing things down. The Holy Spirit was working through them to, um, to, to draft or, or to publish the scriptures, if you will. All right. Um, okay, good. So uh, the Holy Spirit guides and directs God's people. So I've got, and you may not see it there, um, there there's, those are supposed to be arrows. Okay, those lines there. Thanks, Pastor Andy. Uh-huh. Like I said, he's got to have his Mac and he's got to have pages. Word isn't good enough for him anymore. So we have some dramatic um, re- records of God doing dramatic work through the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, just here in Acts 8, 39 and 40. Okay, if you recall, that's Philip after he's finishing baptizing the, Eno, um, um, the, the eunuch. Um, he, he is taken away to a different place. Okay, that's dramatic, right? He, he's here, and then he's not here, and he's taken someplace else. Okay, it's not just the leading. So that's, that's very dramatic. And, and we read those things. Has, has anybody experienced that, by the way? That would be pretty cool, especially if I didn't have to drive on 71. But um, just here and then at work. But in Romans 8, Paul talks about the fact that God every day, we are walking in the Spirit. Every walk. It doesn't matter where you're walking to, whether you're, whether you're coming to church for a ministry, whether you're going to meet family, whether you're going to work, whether you are just trying to get the kids off to school, whatever it is, you are walking in the Spirit every day. Remember, He's the chief executive, and He is working every day in your life to sanctify you further, to help you mature as a Christian. So, yes, those dramatic manifestations of the Spirit, just picking somebody up and taking them someplace else in a blink of an eye, that, that is very dramatic. But don't get discouraged because you have never, you, you've never um, um, uh, been, you know, had any type of experience like that. Romans tells us, Paul tells us, that it is a walk. Is it a run? It's not a run. Sometimes you may feel like it's a crawl. But the Holy Spirit we are walking in the Holy Spirit every single day. Um, I have the Ezekiel passages there. And again, you can look at those later on. But there's several accounts in the Old Testament there, specifically in Ezekiel, as, a, as the Spirit lifting me up. Okay, this, the Spirit is, is lifting, um, lifting the, the prophet up and and working and building up and, and this constant building up and, and supporting. Um, okay, talk about Romans. Okay, going to keep going here. We're really short on time. Man, time goes fast. Okay, uh, and then the last point, the Holy Spirit unifies. And this is where, obviously, we'll end there. The Holy Spirit unifies. So at the day of Pentecost, Peter proclaims the, the, the prophecy in Joel, and I think I've, yeah, Joel 2, 28 through 32. You can look at that later. But Peter proclaims that that prophecy has been fulfilled, okay? And then the, the uh, Holy Spirit comes upon the group like a rushing wind, 
There are tongues of fire like we talked about that um, they are able to speak in tongues. People from all different nationalities hear uh, the, the, the preaching and they are saved. Okay, so the Holy Spirit works there. So, let, so, so keep that in your mind. Helps them to understand. And Acts 2, 44 through 47, again, we won't read it. You can take a look at it, but I think we all, all, um, all remember it. It's the discussion about the fact or, or, or the, this picture of the community of believers. Okay, so they didn't get saved and go home, did they? They didn't just say, okay, sweet, I'm saved, and they all left. What did they do? Anybody remember? What did they do after they were saved? Did they all go home? Does anybody remember? No, they, they started bringing what they had together. They, they sold things. They brought everything. To, they shared what they had, okay? This is us today, right? Is that, is that why we do church? That's why we do what we do. Obviously, it's the gospel. Obviously, it's to, to come and, and to be built up to praise God with one another. But it's the fellowship, right? It's the fellowship. We come together as like-minded believers through the Holy Spirit to share with one another, to, to, to build one another up. That's one, one of the big reasons that we tithe. So we can bring what we have together and to help one another maybe, to help the community, um, to help spread the gospel further. This, this, this is all the, the Spirit is doing this. Because again, if the Holy Spirit didn't change you, was not constantly sanctifying you, would you be here? You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't come here. Does the Holy Spirit lead you to come to church? How many of you some days, uh, it's rainy and cold outside and it's Mother's Day. I'm going to stay in bed. Your Mother's Day, yep. You want to stay in bed? Yep, I'm with you. But the Holy Spirit leads you. The, the Holy Spirit, I don't think it's too far of a stretch, and Pastor Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I don't think it's, it's a stretch if it's too um, whatever term you want to use, that the Holy Spirit moves you to, to, you know what, I need to be in church today. The Holy Spirit's working that. That's not you. That's, that's not you. Well, I'm just such a higher being. I, I, I'm just so much more in tune with God that I, I'm going to, no. You know, don't, don't find comfort in that. No, it's the Holy Spirit working because if the Holy Spirit wasn't working, I don't know that any of us would be here, to be honest with you. We know that we're saved, okay? Even, even us as believers, the Holy Spirit's moving us. The Holy Spirit may move you to, you know what? I just heard there's this ministry. They really need help in this ministry and moves you. Don't take that for granted, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that the Holy Spirit is working in you. I think that is such a comfort. And then finally, the Holy Spirit unifies. Well, I, I, sorry, that's the header. The Holy Spirit unifies. It, we not only um, are, are bringing everything together, but then we are unified as one. Okay, the Holy Spirit unifies us as one. And I'm going to be very, very transparent. And I'm going to speak for Carla. She's not in the room. Um, and, and again, I'm going to point back to the Holy Spirit. I feel like all of you, my family here, here at JIBC, I feel closer to most of you than I do sometimes my own family. And I don't need anyone to raise their hands, but I would, I would hazard a guess that some of you may feel the same way. That is not because I'm such a great person, and I'm, again, I'm so in tune with the Word, and, and, and I'm closer to God than you guys. 
No, it's the Holy Spirit making you understand that you can come together and you may have shared things with other believers that you would not share outside of here. That's the Holy Spirit bringing us together, working in us, showing us the love of God. And finally here, because we're really short on time, that's why I gave us Romans 8.15 there. Hopefully that is an encouragement for you. As, as you consider this work of the Holy Spirit, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Boy, does that not speak to us today. Whether it's, it's some pandemic, whether it is something that's going to happen tomorrow, whatever it is, we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back in, into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. So we've received the spirit and we've been adopted. We have been adopted by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit working in us. We've been adopted. We've been given the Spirit. And then we can look to God and call him Daddy. We can call him Father. And that is through the work of the Holy Spirit. So I hope that you will look at these scriptures. I hope that, I guess, probably the big take-home, at least for me in my heart as I was studying is that it is the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit carried the writers of, of, the, of the Bible along, but the Holy Spirit carries us along, day in, day out. And through that um, executive work of the Spirit, we are adopted through the work of Christ because God so chose to make it happen that way. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Um, this is such a weighty topic, and it's so hard to try to pull everything together. And it's hard, um, I'll speak for myself, it's hard to, to understand when, when we leave, we're so distracted to think about everything that is happening. Obviously, God, you are God. You created all things. You ordained everything to happen in the way that it would happen before the beginning of the world but you are using the person of the Holy Spirit, our counselor, to every moment of every day to help us, to carry us, to build us up, to strengthen our hearts and our minds, and most importantly, Lord, to give us the ability to understand your word. And Father, we are so thankful for that. Help us to not go forward thinking that we need to rely on ourselves. Okay, well, God, you created all things, and, and now we have to do it on our own. Help us to rest in the Holy Spirit, the, the same Holy Spirit that, that, that descended on Christ, the same Holy Spirit that carried along the writers of our Bible is the same Holy Spirit that is with us today. Father, we are so thankful for that. And finally, Father, I just pray that, that you are, are with us in the time to come as we consider the Lord's Supper, as we consider, as we lift up our voices um, in worship. Father, that you have done all things. You have created the church. You have created us. And help us to always remember and not forget those fundamental truths. Father, we thank you for this day, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.